0: end watch. It's going to be just myself and Andrew Mount again this week which uh, we seem to do just fine as regards the winners, thanks to Andrew, not me. Um, as Daryl still isn't well enough so uh, best wishes to Daryl, and hopefully, he'll be back with us next week. We'll be covering races from Ascot and York. And then, if Andrew's got anything from anywhere else, as always, he will give that to us at the end. Uh, Andrew well and truly cast a shadow over us all last week with his tips. A 40 to 1 winning knack with Stone Iffic, which was amazing. He was real positive about that horse's chances and that it was overpriced. So, uh, a lot of our listeners on my social media and on the video as well uh, commented to say that they backed Stone Iffic. So, well done to all of you. Uh, And to Andrew as well. He also gave us Frankie de Berle. That was 11 to 1. That was a winner. Um, And Divinely as well was placed at 11 to 1. So all double figures there uh, did really well. So uh, well done to Andrew for that. Um, We go to Ascot to start with them. We've got a Phillies race for the 150 Group 3. I thought this was an intriguing race, Andrew. I actually really like the chances of Nymphadora in this. I thought uh, definitely a super solid each way prospect. Obviously, that York race that she won. The form has been franked by Canonised, who's come out and won two since. Um, I thought a really messy race uh, for Nymphadora in the Queen Mary. So I'm kind of half happy to to, uh, put a bit of a line through that, Andrew.
1: Yeah, um, she was only just behind Desert Dreamer that day. Uh, at Royal Ascot, uh, although she has she had a slightly better draw, more towards the near side. Desert Dreamer was down the middle, and of course Desert, Dr- Desert Dreamer has franked the form with two good second places since. But yeah, yeah given how um, close they were to each other that day, perhaps three to one Desert Dreamer, eight to one Nymphaedora is uh, a bigger gap than it probably should be, and she certainly shaped. Uh, Nymph- or as though the step up to six would suit, so I wouldn't rule her out. I, I do quite like the aforementioned Desert Dreamer, though, and it, it's interesting that um, this one ran at uh, the July Festival at Newmarket last time uh, in the, uh, the Group 2 Duke of Cambridge stakes. Now, um, the last four horses to finish runner-up in that race at Newmarket and then come here a couple of weeks later uh, have all won um, in, I think it was 2015, uh, 2017, 2018, and 2012. So there's some strong stats there for Desert Dreamer. Um, I thought she might be able to confirm uh, to reverse the form with um, uh, System who um, beat her that day. But I thought System and Desert Dreamer are both going to go well again. And Nymphadora, those were my three. Uh, I didn't like uh, Nazanin, whose um, debut win at Newbury came on soft ground and that form hasn't worked out. I mean, there is um, a little bit of doubt about the going. They're calling it good to firm at the moment. I've just looked at the weather forecast for Ascot. There's loads of rain forecast for Saturday morning and more throughout the afternoon. So do keep an eye on that if you've got a ground dependent horse on Saturday. But I was going to go Desert Dream over Nymphedora in our opening race.
0: Okay, Uh, and obviously Desert Dreamer, that little bit shorter single figures, about 3-1 to I've got at the moment. Uh, And Nymphadora is about 8-1, to so I suppose you could perhaps do both, do Desert Dreamer to win and Nymphadora each way. We could try and play the forecast, but uh, it is a a fairly wide open race, that, and of course we've got a fair few that form ties in as well. So that always makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, We've got the 2.25 that Ascot up next. It's a Class 2 handicap um, over a mile. Got any strong fancy in this, Andrew?
1: Yeah, this is a fascinating little race. Um, only seven runners. Uh, the first thing I looked at was the pace angle. I mean, generally speaking, on the straight track at Ascot, I like horses who come from midfield or further back. But when, when small, you get small fields like this, you can get horses to make all. The likely pace is Fantastic Fox, who, who went off stupidly quick here last time out. That was over 10 furlongs, coming back in triple suit. Uh, the slight concern is the way Sylvester D'Souza is riding Ascot at the moment. Um, since racing resumed after lockdown one last year, He's had 57 rides here. Only one of those 57 has won. That was Art Power, who was, I think, six to four favourite for that five furlong handicap at Royal Ascot last year, winning off 97. And his mark's up to 115 after finishing fourth to Starman in the July Cup. So he was clearly well in that day. So maybe if SDS gets the fractions right, Fantastic Fox can go well from the front. But there are others I was more interested in. Um, Now, I love Isla Kai. Um... This one is uh, not from two on his seasonal debuts, but four from four under other conditions. So he's never lost when he's had a run. The downside is those wow. winds, the winds, yep, the winds have come on good to soft or soft. Um, and he's also switching from a round mile to a straight mile. I'm not 100% convinced that that's going to suit either. Um, and I thought maybe latest generation could be the one to side with here. He uh, ran a really good race at Ascot last time. It was a big, it's a new market, sorry. It was a big advantage to race up with the pace. He's come from uh, right out the back. Only got beaten half a length that day. Uh, if you look at the winners of that meeting, it was very, very difficult to make up ground from off the pace. And um, so he was beaten half a length by Royal Fleet. Uh, the winner that day for Charlie Appleby was sort of um, on the front end throughout. And the third in that race, John King Quinn's Titan Rock. Um, although, um, almost three lengths back in third, I thought he could go well if running here. So I'm going to back latest generation. I'm probably going to have a saver on Titan Rock and maybe do the forecast because if that new markets form is good as I think, then there's no reason they can't finish sort of one, two here.
0: And if the rain came, you'd be more considerate then to Isla Kai. Yeah, it even more
1: difficult. <laughs> I almost feel guilty deserting Isla Kai because he's a horse mm-hmm. I've got a lot of time for. I think he's very progressive. Um, you know Nigel Tinkle does well with this type you know there's the kind of horses that can progress very quickly to group company and even end up in the breeders cup uh, so uh, but yeah, in terms of the ground just having a look through anything slower than good might be a little bit of a concern for latest generation but i assume Ascot are not going to water because of the forecast and then who knows it, you know it, it could be good to firm firm in places or it could be soft by post time so again it's just another something to keep an eye on this week
0: Okay, uh, on to the three o'clock then, international stakes, over seven furlongs, difficult race, this, and uh, based on lots of uh, recent stats, I think in the last 20 years, you want a higher draw, and you want a four-year-old. Um, I'm going to put up the horse in this, he's let me down a few times, and I think I may have put him up on this at the start when we first um, started the weekend watching it, Acquitted, who Andrew will know is a huh. bit of a tricky customer at times, he can hang one way or the other, so it's nothing to do with tracks, he just isn't the most easy horse in the world but we see plenty of horses who are difficult and if the penny just drops right and the you know the race is run to suit so does need to put his best force foot forward but stall 22 which should be perfect tie draws well favored at the last meeting i do think he's got a lot of talent and in this kind of race i think at the price i would be happy to kind of risk him the last price i saw and I he was about 16 to 1 i'd be happy to risk the quitty to at least get into a place so that is going to be the bet i'm going to have in, in the international it is a race that i do like but um, it's a
1: difficult one, i'm sure yeah I'd try and find a bookmaker who's offering prices on horses to finish exactly second I know one yeah. or two do and <laughs> yeah. yeah acquitted his horse got a lot of time for him he's de- time for he 's very talented, but my goodness he doesn't have the half have the habit of finding he's one talented. too good yeah. but in terms of like you know each way play uh, uh, on a track like ascot he couldn't put you off at all um yeah. it's it 's a obviously very tricky one you 've got uh, Motakai hello who's usually impressive in the Bunbury Cup winning that for the second year in a row. Can he do it away from that track? Well, he has um, run here, won here before. And uh, if you look at his full record in seven furlong handicaps, three wins from four starts, two wins in the Bunbury Cup, a win at Ascot and a defeat in the Victoria Cup earlier this season when uh, soft ground just didn't play to his strengths. So no no reason why he can't go well here, but it's just at the price and with the prospect of rain around, I, I wouldn't really want to touch him at nine to two now. So there was quite a few others that I thought are bigger prices um, were of interest. Um, Star of Orion for Rafe Beckett. Uh, he's got uh, a claimer on this one. Laura Pearson book claiming five, and you could make money backing um, all Rafe Beckett handicappers when he uses a claiming jockey. Um, Go back to 2010, you're looking at a profit of um, over 57 quid to a £1 level stake. Most of those wins have come in Class 3 or lower, though. He's two from 29 in these Class 2 big handicaps. So, uh, But I still think Star of Orion has prospects. Uh, Raising Sand run a brilliant race at Royal Ascot in the Buckingham Palace Stakes. Um, He's a horse who's regarded as needing sort of good to soft or softer going. It's good to firm that day. He's won the race on the far side, finishing sixth overall. That was a cracking effort. So, again, he won't mind if the rain comes. Um, and Cliffs of Capri and Ropy Guest, um, they finished 1 2 on the far side in the Bunbury Cup. And um, I think it was like seventh and eighth overall, both run well at this track. Um, so, you know, I'll go Star of Orion, but it was sort of Star of Orion, Raising Sand, Cliffs of Capri, Ropy Guest. It's the kind <laughs> of race you can have four or five each way stabs in, really, and, uh, and sort of uh, hope for the best. But um, yeah, Star of Orion have had to be pinned down to just one at this stage.
0: Okay. And obviously the weather might affect the choice as well, depending on if the rain comes or not. Yeah, exactly. So, raising sand.
1: so as we often say, just you know, keep an eye on my column on sort of Friday night, Saturday morning and I'll yeah. you know, I'll probably wait until the morning to put the selections up to see what the weather's doing.
0: Okay. Yeah, so as you say we at the time of recording, we are Thursday at the moment. So the ground could change between now and then and if it does we will, as always, do our best to, to let you know if uh, they change their mind, or if I have. Um, but yeah, a for me is about 20s, so what I've got here. Star of Orion is 16s, of Capri, 20s with Raising Sands, and um, Ropi Guess is 25. So any of those, if you fancied any of those with me or Andrew, huge prices, loads of value. And I you know lots of bookmakers as well give you extra places at a, at a letter, lesser price if you want to try it. that on a few of them. The feature race then is a group one at 3.35, um, Andrew, you might think I'm a mental here. I know that love is a super horse and that is without question, but Lone Eagle is going to be my nap this week. So I think very shrewd, Martin Mead. We talk all the time, don't we, about him being a small trainer, he doesn't have lots of horses, but he has plenty of runners and winners in good races, really. I really like him as a trainer. I thought that form behind Hurricane Lane last time was, it was super solid. Uh, hammered them the time before at Goodwood. Um, the form you be at that form's been frank since then. So I, I, I'm going to stick with Lone Eagle for the 3:35. I hope love runs well, but I think Lone Eagle's the value in that feature race.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on Lone Eagle. Um, I did an anti-post preview for GG for this race uh, on the website a few days ago. <laughs> sided with Lone Eagle. I say Martin Mead's in great form at the moment. So shortly before we came on air, he had Zachariah winning the first race at Sandown. Yeah. Uh, that's on um, Thursday afternoon. And this one um, went into my tracker for a for run in a nursery at Doncaster last September when there was a really strong headwind. He's made the running. Uh, that day, I'm just laying in running any horses and anywhere near the front end. I'm thinking, well, this is free money with Lone Eagle. And then he's only gone and won, hasn't he? So uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: that was, that was a, a bit expensive. So I've I followed him since. He's then gone to Newmarket. Um, he's won in Group 3 company. This season, ran as though that um, reappearance effort were needed, went fourth at Sandown. He's then gone to Goodwood. And again, the track was um, eating front runners alive that day. And I think, again, it was uh, headwind related. And he still managed to win by four lengths from Yabir. Last time out, felt really sorry for him, just getting chinned by Hurricane Lane in the Irish derby. It was still a great effort, wasn't it, Andy Fee? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And although... Ascot uh, round course doesn't always favour this prominent style. Uh, you look at the last meeting and um, the, the win of Vinderlander in a, a handicap. Um, again, they just kept rolling in front and not, nothing was sort of coming from off the pace. So yeah. that gives us hope that Lone Eagle can do the business here and... Uh, uh, and make all the running, or certainly, you know, make uh, most of it. Maybe he'll try to take a lead early doors, depends what uh, his rivals do tactically. But you know, I was really impressed with, um, you know, his his performance in the Irish Derby. And I thought, at uh, the prices, what is he, 11-2 to two or thereabouts? I'd, I'd rather back him at that price than love at 6-5. to five. I mean, Adear, uh, Derby winner, overcoming the Store 1 hoodoo. I mean, you can back any horse who was drawn Store 1 over a mile and a half at Epsom. Uh, on the next start, and make a profit, whether they won or finished nineteenth at Epsom. So, yeah. uh, Adair will certainly be on my radar. I, I was quite, ha- you know, um, uh, happy to do a sort of forecast the two three-year-olds there, Adair and Lone Eagle, mm. because it's going to be a cracking race. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'm with you on Lone Eagle, so I'll be rooting for your nap.
0: Yeah, um, seven to one, thirteen to two. I've got at the minute for on a couple of different sites for Lone Eagle. So absolutely, as you, you say. I hope that love does run well, but that would be my selection as well. So we are in agreement um, for the feature race, that's good. Um, Any other races at Ascot that we've not got scheduled? Uh, No,
1: nothing else at Ascot.
0: Okay, Uh, so we move over to York then, a bit further up north, not far from me. Um, The 2.05, love these kind of races. It's a jump jockey's flat race, um, something to enjoy. We've actually only had a couple of runnings of this, Andrew, haven't we? So stats probably not that helpful. Um, Any strong view either way in this?
1: Um, yeah, well, uh, Paul Midgley runners are of interest. Um, the last time this race was run was in 2019. Nibras again won it. He also won the inaugural uh, running in 2017 with Ty Leary Wonder. And I, I was interested in uh, Nibras again. I know he's got sort of multiple entries uh, as per usual, Paul Midgley. Nibras uh, again, again. Yeah, Nibras again, again. I, <laughs> I, I like what you've done there. So, interested uh, in him again. Exactly. And I thought, uh, um, you know, in, in terms of... Um, you know the mark i mean he was um he, he i think he's um that was his only previous visit to york um the ground's going to be quick in his favor and he's obviously been sort of aimed at this again, yeah, and um you know he was just sort of one of several you could give a chance to Midwinter, um uh, James Watt, two other poor misley runners would have a squeak as well, but um yeah of we've got um, Jonathan England riding as well i mean i've I've known no idea whether that's a good, you know, a good thing or a bad thing uh, in terms of uh, riding in flat winners, but uh, yeah, I, I just um, side with a horse who's likely to be ridden with up with the pace, likes the track, who's um, you know obviously won the race previously. I just thought uh, he was probably going to provide a bit of value as well, given who was on it.
0: Yeah, I would imagine, no matter who in this race we sided with, we're not going to know how good they are on the flat. We don't get to see them now. But but yeah, Jonathan England's Mount, Nebraska again. Um, I think currently, again, just what we've got at the moment is about 8-1, to I think. Um, So each way value, 12 runners at the moment. So uh, Nebraska again there. I don't have a fancy in that. Um, 2.40 at York is a Class 2 handicap, a dash, over six furlongs. Um, I'm going to stick with Mondemesh again. Um, he's a horse we've talked about loads on this, haven't we, Andrew? I, yeah. know, I know I can hear you <laughs> Um, You know, he's not easy. Um, and I said on this podcast, I was at Newcastle the day this horse won on debut. He is a big horse. Um, I actually spoke to Cam Hardy recently when I was at Wolverhampton. I was working there and Cam rode a winner. I asked him about Mondamesh. I said, oh, God, how well. Uh, he ran in that last race at Ascot. And he's like, you know, he's got a big one in him, this horse. He was so unlucky to just uh not quite get there, he was only beaten the you know the shortest of margins into third. And I do think he's got a big one in him. He thinks that they've kind of touched wood, um, got him right now and settled him down. And you know, that will bring out more ability because he spends a lot of his time, you know, being naughty, being evasive, wasting energy, getting warm. So hopefully if he can just keep a lid on things, literally, um will, will kind of finally go and win. I'll say a big one, class two handicapped and then hopefully on to, to better things. So I'm
1: going to stick with Mondomed. Yeah, my my notes for Mondomed just in my tracker just say head case. Um, you know, he's he's very talented. I mean, he's a kind yeah. of horse you probably probably should be running him in group races. You know, he could be and like probably, a, yeah, and a well. bit like Arecibo because you know he'll finish second in a group one or second. Um, you know, in a, in a sort of fairly low grade handicap, the lowest they could get him in. So yeah. I, I think he'll run well as long as he doesn't completely blow the start. While well, saying that, even if he does, he's um, he's shown he, he can do it. On. Is York, uh, is York his track? We, we see it time and time again. Yeah. Sprinters, you know, winning from up with the pace. Even on paper, when you look at a race like this, you think, oh, crikey, there's five or six who like to make the running here. The pace still holds up, and it can be hard to come from the back. So, I mean, I, I was using previous runnings of this race as a guide, and we've, we've got... The usual suspects, Musica, Musica. for David O'Mara, won this uh, last year off a mark of 87, runs yeah. off 88, and the jockey claims Angus Villiers on for the first time since they won over course and distance last October. It uh, yeah. was a close second at 20 to 1 in this race in 2019. He was favourite, um, beat a neck when uh, in 2018 when it went a 4 to 1 favourite. Uh, you look at his course record in sprint handicaps when his handicap marks below ninety, as it is here. Third, second, first, first, and you know, the second place came when he was drawn on the wrong side of the track, and he won the race on the far side. He's obviously been laid out for this again. He's he's run pretty well once or twice um, this season against biases. I was really impressed with that runner Epsom uh, on on Derby Day when he's gone off really quick and set it up for the closers. Yeah. Still held on for second place. Um, and again, so um music is the main play. The others are like um a couple of Tim Easterby, uh trainer with a good record in this race. Golden Apollo was second last year and he's three pounds lower this time around. Um last time out ran at Pontefract when it was um you know best to be come down the near side in the straight. He stayed on the far side. And uh, only just got beaten into second that day, so that was a run that could be marked up. So, as well as finishing second last year, he was fourth in the race in 2019. Mm-hmm. And his stablemate, Flying Pursuit, who he beat at Pontefract, again, Flying Pursuit was third that day, staying on the far side when the winners um, uh, come, come down the near side. Um, he won this race in 2017 and in 2018. Uh, he was fifth in 2019 when he wasn't best drawn, he was the first home on the stand side. Didn't run in the race last year so yeah musica golden apollo and flying pursuit in that order just three the usual suspects um you know book their ticket for this race um you know um very early and you'd be hard pressed to see um you know one or two of them not running well here again into the frame
0: yeah um it's that kind of race isn't it we've got 16 runners at the time of declaration anyway so uh, loads to choose from. All Andrew's selections there are, are fairly big each way prices. I think uh, Musica, the biggest of those. So uh, about 16 to 1, I've got for Musica at the moment, but it's about 6 or 7 to 1 the field. So really difficult race. So don't hold us uh, to account for that one too much. <laughs> uh, the 315 at York is uh, group 2 over a mile and a quarter. And Andrew, I suppose the big question mark, after not seeing him in the Derby, which was gutted about because I was there. um how good it is moherth, obviously we saw him uh, in the Hampton court last time
1: yeah, he he won that um justifying strong favoritism, eleven to eight favorite that day. that was his what fourth straight win he He's very progressive, just a, a slight concern about the sort of you know the previous winners of this race. I think in the last ten years, those who prepped to Ascot have won from sixteen. And um, it often goes to um, a horse who's stepping down in class from Group 1 company. And uh, that's why I was sort of drawn to Armoury. Now, Aidan O'Brien hardly ever has a runner in this race. I think he's only had one. Certainly, you know, in the last 20-odd years, he's had one. That was Eagle Mountain, who was second in 2007. Um, and I think um, so like five of the last 10 winners were stepping down from group one company you could back those blinds um, make a profit of 13 pounds 44 pence to a one pound level stake only 17 qualifiers uh, for those five winners and th- the fact that armory is coming here say the, the trainer's first record uh, first runner in the race for you know 14 years I thought that was significant and you know much as I respect um, the favorite I thought at uh, the prices I'd rather take a um uh, take a punt on O'Brien,
0: okay, um just try and get I think Beth currently is about six to five, and armor is about two to one, so yeah, is the value in there um that is it for the scheduled races. Is there anything else you like at York?
1: Yeah, there's one in the five o'clock uh, for Richard Hannon called Mark of Gold, who has hardly set the world alight in a few three starts, I think it is this season, but always tends to come to hand late summer uh, you you look at his um Uh, Sort of record last year, he was um, second at Yarmouth, second at Pontefract uh, in late July. He's then won in August and September, and it's the same every every year really. Uh, Just tends to come to good at this tends to come to hand at this time of year. I was hoping he was going to run at Ascot rather than here. I thought that the course might suit him better at Ascot but I'll, I'll still think I'll uh, have a few quid on Mark of goal because maybe we're getting there a race too soon and we're not going to see the best of him until next month, but I think we're going to see him show a lot more than he has done in his uh, three previous runs this term.
0: I'm taking you on, actually. I found something somewhere else, which I don't often do, do I? Oh, um, no? And i tell you why, because it went against my nap yesterday. I was, I was going to nap in this race and I chose another one, but uh, did you see Come On Kenny yesterday? When at sand down
1: i i didn't know i was, I yeah, was off yesterday so it,
0: it won in a bumper didn't it and then they started it out over a mile and it ran over seven and a half a couple of times nowhere near quick enough it ran at chester didn't it and stayed on so well in the closing stages over seven and a half furlongs right. stepped it up in trip yesterday it was out the back of the tv like there was no chat no way it could have won from where it did literally got up on the line because so they stepped it up in trip in got the 20th
1: race two pieces on on saturday i thought that was I, I never know what to make of horses who've won and then get first-time headgear the well, next time. Do you know time? what
0: I think it was? I think because it's a bit slow. I think the actual horse took longer to pick up than they perhaps thought, you know, as in he looked like he wasn't going to get there. But I think he's just a bit slow and it just took a bit of winding up. But he gets to run uh, in that five o'clock. Obviously, no penalty because it was an apprentice race as well. So I think, yeah, I think come on. That is you know, a, that a positive
1: o'clock. stat as well. Trainer Ian Williams with first-time cheap pieces do show a good profit over the years. Okay, so come on, Kenny's going to win that race, Andrew. Not Mark of Gold.
0: Sorry. I'll settle for a second. <laughs> I should have put that in as well. Perhaps. Anyway, I haven't now. Um, anything from anywhere else?
1: Please? Yeah, there's a um, couple of interesting ones at Newmarket. Um, in the 450 Nomadic Empire, uh, it was only in mid-division at Ascot last time, but actually did second best of those to race in the far on the far side of the track. I thought the market might overreact to that performance because it doesn't look great on paper. Um. Um, Which race is that, Andrew? Uh, the 450, Newmarket, okay. yeah. And then, um, yeah, the time before he was uh, runner-up at Doncaster, doing um, best of the prominent races when it was set up for the closers. So, uh, yeah, I thought there's you know a lot more in Nomadic Empire's last two runs than uh, it looks like it by looking at his form figures. And in the 520 at Newmarket, our old friend Mr. Wagyu, uh, trained by yeah. um, uh, John, John Quinn. A horse who's just got an incredible record at this time of year. He's had 24 runs in June and July, 12 wins from those 24, huge profit backing him blind. He's had a couple of near misses recently. He was um, favourite for the Scottish stewards Cup at Hamilton last week. And they've gone like the absolute clappers in that race. He's finished third. The winner, the second, the fourth have all come from well back. And he's done brilliantly to hold on for a place. You know, although it looks on the face of it, slightly disappointing because he's a favourite and he's only finished third. But it was a really good effort. Um... Yeah, new market suits his front-running style. I mean, ideally, you could argue that he's perhaps better on flat tracks at the likes of York and Haydock. Um, but, but I thought, you know, Mr. Waggy, before we get to the 31st of July where he just sort of looks at his watch and says, I'm done now. Um, <laughs> you know, leave me out. I'm going to start, um, um, you know, r- running down the field a bit and uh, come back next June. And, uh, yeah, so he, he could run another, you know, he's probably well got time to run another, uh, one, uh, get another win or two, I'd have thought, before the end of the month. So, you know, maybe you can start with that uh, 5.20 at Newmarket on Saturday. Let's hope that Jamie Spencer's on one of his good-going days, then, because both
0: the ones you given at Newmarket are
1: ridden by him, aren't they? Oh, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't notice
0: you'd given two, Jamie Spencer, holding. Yeah, uh, yes. okay, P- so pray
1: Spencer. for a late jockey change. No, he's... Uh, no,
0: And all Spencer
1: is very good from the front, which, because most of his rides are ridden patiently, you know, when, when he does get on one that um, is up with the pace, as Mr. Wacky is likely to be, they tend to run pretty well.
0: You haven't got the chance of him not getting there in time. No.
1: Um, okay. Nap. Nap. Oh crikey! I, I've um, you put me on the spot there. Probably should see how many times we've done this show. Well, I probably
0: mine's going to be Lone Eagle anyway. We know that in that feature race at Ascot, three thirty-five. I'm going to I'm going to stick with Lone Eagle. I think.
1: Right. I'm going to go Musica. Um, that two forty at York. Last year's winner. 16 to 1 available at the time, I think.
0: If that doesn't drift out to 40 so that we get another 40 <laughs> to 1 winning nap, you're in trouble. Uh, okay, super. Don't forget as well, looking at naps for this week, Andrew gave us a 40 to 1 winning nap last week, which was uh, super stuff. So uh, yeah, just make uh, sure you check Just from out. The
1: value of your investment can go down as well as up. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like this every week. So keep those stakes sensible. And if you won a few quid last week, maybe uh, bank it.
0: Yeah, well, no, use some and bank some and then you've got your profit still. And if you're super again this week you can just keep going like that uh, and gonna exactly. be perfect um oh. that's it then guys i think for all our scheduled races and just give you a few extra ones in there as well um i think depending on don't quote me how andrew how Darryl is feeling he may do his written blog or he may um, put a little bit either on gg or his own social media so if you do follow uh, his tips specifically um he might be able to sort some out for you as well just not well enough to do the video um as of Thursday, thanks very much for watching. We had uh, record views as well last week, so extra thank you uh, to all the new viewers and all the old ones as well for sticking with us. Don't forget to check out gg.co.uk, all those um, race cards, extra videos and tips as well. Andrew Mount, obviously, Trend Horses is his Twitter, his personal if you want to have a look um, at his own social media um, as regards uh, tips and the you know extra stuff on the day, depending on the rain. Uh, and mine is at the Owner May, I'll see I do imagine I guess. Um thanks very much for watching and we'll see you next week.